Thank you for taking time to listen to our service. We're happy you've joined us today. Visit NBCOcala.com to find out more about who we are as a ministry or get information about upcoming events. There you can also discover all the convenient ways to partner with us financially. Thanks again for joining us. Enjoy the service. Hey, will you help me welcome our online campus? God bless you guys so much. Peace to your house. And could I get everybody to look at that camera right back there? Give a huge welcome to our East Campus today. Come on. Give them a big one. Yeah. Woo. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. East is launching their, uh, we've launched today. We've had several weeks of uh, practice and soft launch last week. And we had our first service, last service over there. And they had 508 people show up at our East, East campus. So that is thrilling. And uh, this is a big indicator too, 13 babies. So some young families and so forth and just super excited. I can't wait to hear everything that's going on over there, but we got business to do here. So how about we, we take care of church here? So uh, I love that song, What the World Needs Now. And when uh, I was working on this series months ago, uh, I, I told the guys, I said, um, hey, if we could call it What the World Needs Now, and we need that song too. And uh, so we want to talk about what the world needs now. And the song says, love, sweet love. And, and we need a little bigger, stronger, bolder brand uh, than just the breakfast blend there, okay? We need, we need God's love in, in unmeasurable ways. And uh, we want to talk about that over these next few weeks of what does that look like and how does that happen? And what is our part? What is our part? Uh, what does the world need and, and what do we have to do with that? What can we contribute to that to truly make a difference, a lasting a lasting difference. So what the world needs now, I want to kind of flip into a question, what does the world need? What does the world need? And, you know, put it on yourself. It helps you understand what do you need? Well, what do you need depends on what's going on, you know, what's, what's going on in your life. And so if it's, uh, if they're calling for hurricane preparedness, which thank God, we, we don't have a hurricane. Last year, this time, we were dealing, we were dealing with it. But in our gratitude, let's make sure that we are praying for those that are dealing with the aftermath of hurricane. Please, please, when you, when you pray, when you eat, whenever, you know, make sure that you're giving, uh, you know, that you're praying for them. So, but if we were under hurricane preparedness, you'd need to get, make sure you have plenty of water. Make sure you've got flashlights and batteries and make sure that you've got uh, your prescriptions and make sure that you have spam. <laughs> Any other spam fans in here? Come on, come on, be proud. Come on. I'm going to start a spam small group. <laughs> I had somebody earlier tell me, though, they said, I don't eat flammable meat. <laughs> well, I do. I also had somebody tell me spam, S-P-A-M, what that stands for is spare parts and meat. Well, whatever it is, it is good. Okay. So anyway. So it depends on what you need. You know, a lot of times on my way home from the office, I'll I'll call and I'll say, hey, I'm about to pass a grocery store. And I'll say, hey, do we need anything from the grocery store? So what you need depends on what's kind of going on. If you travel, you've got to pack. I don't mind traveling, but I hate packing. 
I don't know what it is. I seize up. I just can't think, you know. And part of my problem is I want to make sure that I have everything and that I have everything that I need. So I end up, I tend to overpack. Uh, not the case with my brother-in-law. When he was a preteen, he was going away to a week of youth camp. And his mom said, pack for yourself. And he did, but he forgot to pack underwear. <laughs> so the under, only underwear he had for the week was the one he was wearing and wearing and wearing and wearing. Okay? Okay. So forget about that. But uh, <laughs> if you can. Uh, so what do you need? It kind of depends on what's going on. And then, but there are some needs that never go away and they're always the same. And I think that is addressed in this whole idea of what does, what does the world need now? Let's go ahead and just put that up in front. What does the world need now? And this word now is a big word for us now because we have Amazon Prime. And in, un, in some cities you have Amazon now. We were actually uh, a year and a half or so ago, we were out in uh, Los Angeles. Alicia was running a, a half marathon at Disneyland, and my son-in-law was also running, and he needed some of that, what you call it, KT tape or whatever, and so he went on, get ready for this, Amazon Now, and about 40 minutes later, somebody knocked on his door and delivered it to him. We need that, y'all. We need that. And now you have all these things you can order online and show up and cut in front of the line and go get your food or whatever, or you can order ahead and you pull up and pick up or somebody brings it out to you. It's pretty, pretty crazy. But there are deeper needs than all of our needs that, that we have, you know, at our stores uh, that are stocked with, with plenty. There's some deeper and, and more important needs that what does the world need now? So let me give you a little bit of context. What does the world need? Well, the world is changing. The world has changed. The world continues to change, rapid pace. If you're 80 years of age or older, anybody here 80 or older, both campuses, anybody 80 or older, go ahead. Come on, be proud. Come on. And, uh, yeah, you. And we're, and we're proud of you, seriously. You're a treasure to us. But you have experienced in your lifetime more change, more rapid change, more substantial and significant change than any generation in history. You know, I mean, there's things going on now. My grandmother, and she's gone on to heaven, but she would never have understood. You know, how can you talk on a phone that does not have wires? <laughs> that must be a demon. You know, that's what, I, that's what I think she would have said. But, you know, the world keeps changing, keeps changing. And then the place of the church, and this is where I want to locate on today, the place of the church in the world has changed dramatically as well. Let me read this to you real quick. American society as a whole has shifted from its early Judeo-Christian roots, and Christianity has lost its place of dominance and prominence that it, that it once held in virtually every corner and platform of American life. Whereas once upon a time, Christianity was the voice and standard in essentially every arena, from entertainment to politics, from the classroom to the courtroom, America was fundamentally a Christian nation. 
And it hurts to say this, but it's truth. But now, America, America is now post-Christian. And you can push back on that if you want, but it is, it is a, ra- a reality. And beyond that, then there are negative perceptions about church and negative perceptions about Christianity. Christianity now is just one of many swimmers in the big pool of ideas and values. My observation, I believe with all my heart, is the ideologies also in that pool do not fulfill. They keep changing, constantly changing, and they leave people still searching. So I just want to say this, and I say this boldly, I say this prophetically, I want to say it as clearly as I can. I believe with all my heart, God is real, God is alive, God is love, his word is true and never fails, and Jesus is the way, the truth, he's the life, Jesus is the answer, and the greatest thing that you or I or anybody could ever have is a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. Can the church give an amen today? Amen. But there's a problem. Still, there's, that is true, and I believe eternal truth. But then there's negative perception of God, of Jesus, and church, and Christians. But I want to say this, and don't miss this part. The problem is not with God. The problem is not with Jesus. The problem is not with the Bible. I believe the problem is in how and who they have been represented or shall I say, misrepresented. So herein is our problem, and this is what we're trying to approach here. What does the world need now? And here's where our part comes in. Barna Research Group reports that church attendance nationwide is down 12% in the last 10 years. And a large percentage of the unchurched category are what are called dechurched. That means they at one time attended church. Most of them still believe in Jesus, but they don't like church. They got hurt by church. Church was boring. Church was irrelevant, so they lost interest. They got too busy with church. And as a lot of them are millennials, their friends don't go to church. And so if their friends don't go to church, they don't go to church. Research and reality is this, though, that it's difficult to maintain a vibrant faith outside of church. The Bible tells us that you need to make gathering together, assembling ourselves together, the the manner, the habit, the pattern of our life, and so much more as we see the day approaching. We must come together to lift up, to listen up, to be under a corporate anointing, to to be in God's presence together, to interact with one another, to hear uh, the teaching of God's Word, to pray for one another. But it is difficult, if not impossible, to keep a vibrant faith outside of church because reality shows that people read the Bible less, they pray less, it becomes less important, they don't have avenues to serve, to give, and to interact and be encouraged like you are when you come together with other believers. 
So let me just put this up in front of you right here. Faith, and I know there's probably exceptions. You're thinking, well, my grandma, and she lived in the middle of Montana. Uh, okay, go grandma, but get this with me here. <laughs> Faith does not survive or thrive in isolation. One of the biggest and dirtiest tricks that the enemy has ever played is called religion. And there have been more people hurt, discouraged, deceived, confused, worn out, manipulated by religion than probably just about anything else. And the ideal, the goal of the enemy is to get people in isolation and to keep God's family from coming together so that they can receive all they need to be. And consequently, then they never end up being fully what God intended them to be. So, what do we do? I believe that the local church is still God's plan A. Now, someone has said that church is the hope of the world. I would firmly disagree that church is the hope of the world. I think it's more this. Look, church done right is the hope of the world. Come on, read that with me. Church done right is the hope of the world. And this is our focus. This is our aim. This is our passion. We're fixated on this. This is our entire goal, church done right because of who we served and because of who we serve. Now, do we get it all right? I can categorically tell you no. And part of that problem is because I'm the leader. And I'm human and I'm flawed, but I tell you my heart and I tell you the heart of our team and our dream team and everybody else is we have got to get church right because church done right is the hope of the world. Can I get an amen from you on that? And we believe then done right church days affect the rest of our days. Now let me give a little disclaimer on church done right. It is not our goal. It is not our practice at all that we are to judge or critique other churches and say, well, they're not doing it right. You can observe some things, but here's what our goal and our heart and our mindset needs to be, and that is we have a same team mentality. We want to cheer on other churches. We want to help other churches. You know, I've reached out to over 30 pastors and churches over the, last, uh, over the last year once we knew where we were going as far as heading with the East Campus because I wanted to let them know, we're not encroaching on you. We're cheering you on. We're all in this together. We have a same team mentality. Over, uh, close to 70% of our community doesn't go to church at all. There's plenty of folks for all of our churches to do a great work. And what we want to do is help to raise the spiritual water level so that all the boats, big boats, little boats, whatever, as far as churches would rise so that we can meet the challenge and reach people for the Lord. Church done right. Amen. But our, our responsibility, my responsibility is Meadowbrook. And so I'm I'm, that's why we're teaching this. This is why I want to make some things very clear and some things very pointed uh, during this series so that we can make sure that we do our part in reaching the world in the right way, meeting the need of what does the world need now. So what does the world need now? Well, let me go a little further. They don't need empty religion, hype, weirdness. That deserves an amen on its own right there. Come on. Okay. More rules, angry church people, 
picket signs, Facebook rants. Did you know that you can be right but not be helpful? Did you know that you can mean well and then not love well? And so this has to be fixed. So the short answer to what does the world need now, here's the short answer. You ready? Here's the short answer. People need the Lord. Just say it with me. People need the Lord. That's the short answer to all this. People need the Lord. Why do they need the Lord? Because Jesus is the answer. And I don't say that to you this morning in just the pat phrase, religious, Sunday school verbiage, Jesus is the answer. People need the Lord because Jesus is the answer. Come on, say it with me. Jesus is the answer. You know, I heard about a Sunday school class and the teacher was teaching the children said, I'm going to describe something for you today. And uh, once you figure out what it is, you raise your hand and, and tell me what it is. So the teacher started out, okay, it lives in a tree, and it crawls all over the branches, and it eats nuts, makes little chirpy noises. Sometimes they're brownish or grayish, and it's got a big, big fluffy tail. And the little boy raised his hand and said, yes, yes, what, what am I describing? And the little boy said, uh, teacher, it, it sounds like it's a squirrel, but I know the answer is Jesus. And sometimes we get so religious, we miss reality. It's a squirrel! But my point is this. Jesus is the answer. So what, this is why we went east, y'all. And however, wherever the Lord would lead us in time, we'll do because people need the Lord. And why do they need the Lord? Because Jesus is the answer. Pastor, what do you mean Jesus is the answer? Everywhere I look, everything I see, I realize Jesus is the answer. Every issue that I see, and I see families and marriages and individuals, and I see people that are, that are broken and hurting and depressed and, and, and addicted and hopeless. And I want to tell you something. Jesus is the answer. He's the answer. A relationship with God through Jesus Christ is the answer. And church done right helps all of us then. It aids, it guides, it instructs us and trains us and nurtures us so that we can represent Jesus to the world in the right way. Because here's the danger. If we misrepresent him, if we don't represent him right, project him right to the world around us, they'll miss or ignore the message and they'll miss or ignore the Savior who loves them. So church done right. Everybody just say church done right. I want you to think just for illustration purposes of of a a factory. Now, I was born up in northeast Ohio. And uh, we moved when I was a little kid down here. But I still had relatives up there. And I remember going up to visit. And I remember one time riding around with my Uncle Ben and a lot of factories up there. And so they had GM, General Motors, and they had steel, and they had uh, Fisher Body. They had all, all kinds of, you know, it was pretty much the automotive industry. Uh, and, I, and a few years ago, I was there, and a lot of it had just kind of shut down. I understand some of it's coming back now. But I would ask my Uncle Ben, so what do they make there? And what do they make there as we drove past factories? So, so if we think of church 
and just as an illustrative purpose here as a factory, then our question needs to be, well, what do they make? What does a church make? What, what does a church produce? And is it quality? And is it something that is needed? And is it something that is desirable? So let me frame for you what I think the church is to produce, what that factory is to, is to turn out and produce. Look with me, if you will, in John chapter 1, verse 14. And the Word, who is the Word? Jesus. No, it's a squirrel. <laughs> now I got my stories messed up. The Word is Jesus. The Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. Merry Christmas. Remember, Christmas is the celebration of the entrance of our Savior. God put on flesh. The Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father. Read this with me. Full of grace and truth. So, Jesus came into, you remember earlier I told you we're living in a post-Christian world? When Jesus entered the world, he entered a pre-Christian world. And how did Jesus enter and how did Jesus interact with a pre-Christian world? He did it. You read it for me. He did it what? He did it full of grace and truth. So the factory, if you will, of church is to produce a people that live and carry themselves full of, come on, full of grace and truth. And so that's what we're to be doing, that we're becoming more and more that. The same way that Jesus entered and interacted with a pre-Christian world is the same way that you and I are to enter and interact with a post-Christian world full of grace and full of truth. And we'll talk more about those uh, in the weeks to come. But let me just say this, that truth without grace is mean. And grace without truth is meaningless. It is grace and truth. We don't back off of standards. We don't back off of truth, but there's a way to handle it and a way to carry ourselves, live, our, live ourselves, and interact with other people. Amen. Amen. So in the same way, we as his children, as his family, as his church, we are to be full of grace and truth. What does the world need now? The world needs now some people that are Christians, that are church people or whatever. Here's the main thing about them, that they are gracious, that they are generous, that they're kind. Wait, I wanted to say that one again. That they're kind. They're genuinely nice people. They're joyful. They were last service. (laughs) That they're joyful. That they're caring. That they're patient. That they're centered. That they're principled. That they're more and more happy and stable and fruitful and blessed. In our everyday authentic lives at home and at work and at play, and in the office, and in the barn, and in the fields, and in the hospital, and in the shops, and in the gyms, and in the classrooms, and wherever we would go, we would be full of grace and truth. And I left one out because I wanted to emphasize it in particular. And restaurants. (laughs) And I don't just bring that up because I like to eat and it's about lunchtime. We have a lot of friends 
that are servers in restaurants. And we've had them tell us, we hate that we uh, work on Sundays. And my initial answer was, oh, because you can't come to church. And they said, well, that's part of it. But here's why we really hate working on Sundays. Because church people come to eat here. And here's their complaints. You ready? They're bossy. They're impatient. They're loud. And they're cheap. And I think, hear me. And I think that's a horrible representation of Jesus. Oh, we're all blessed. We're all filled up. We're all dressed up. Give me some food and give me now. And I think we need to be, if anybody there is kind and patient and generous, it needs to be God's kids. It needs to be us. Amen. I've, I've actually had people tell me over the years, well, I wanted to go out to eat and I just don't have the money for the tip. Then my friend, you can't afford to go out to eat yet. You need to drive through or fix you something at home because that's the way it works. Amen. Amen. Wherever we would go in our everyday authentic lives, let us be people properly representing Jesus. That's what the world needs now. Amen. Amen. It's called the genuineness of our faith. And 1 Peter said the genuineness of our faith is more precious than gold. I believe that people are more receptive to us and our message when they actually observe the genuine joy of God in our lives. I think that our demeanor, do you know what our demeanor is? I think our demeanor is just about as important as our doctrine. The how we care. And I'm not talking about faking it. I'm not talking about being all religious and churchy. I can remember as a kid, we started going to church, and my mom and my stepdad got in a knockdown, drag out kind of argument. And we're on our way to church. Get dressed, get in the car, we're going to worship God. <laughs> and their whole way to church, they're at it. My brother and sister and I, we're just sitting there. As soon as we pulled up to our little church and everybody's getting out of their cars, praise the Lord, good to see you, glorious, glorious. And as a little kid, I'm like, what? And I thought, unless Jesus intervenes, it's going to be round two on the way home. Now, I'm not saying bring your slug fest into here, okay? You know, adjust, but, but the reality is we understand this. We're either up or we're what? I, I've, I've had probably about 10 people this morning as I wander around before services. How you doing? How you doing? How was your week? And I had 10 people that get it. And they've, and they've said this to me. I'm, I'm, get, I'm getting up. I'm getting up. And here's the thing. We're either up or we're getting up because we don't stay down. So when you stay down, that's when the enemy gets you in the headlock. Okay? We don't stay down. So I'm either up or I'm what? Yeah. Or I'm getting up. And we may not have that big winning smile all the time. But you know what? It'll be, about, it'll be back soon. It'll be back soon. But we've got to be genuine. We've got to be real in in our world and and be aware of ourselves too. You know, this is what I'm aware of and I'm praying about for me, okay? My resting face looks grumpy. Actually, a while back had somebody say, Pastor, I saw you at a red light in traffic and you look like you were mad or worried about something. 
So I've really been praying, God, help me, help me, because I'm happy and peaceful on the inside. I want it to show up on the outside. And it's not just for me. Guess what? It's for people around us. People you think don't notice you, they're watching you. They want to know, are you real deal? Are you real deal? And we need to be real deal, authentic people wherever we go, full of grace and full of truth. Amen. And it's going to show up. It's going to show up in our words. It's going to show up in our behavior. Let me boil it down a little more. It's going to show up in what we say and what we do. It's just the reality. That's how it's going to show up in our lives as we live it out in front of the people around us. Look with me in Colossians chapter 4. You still with me? Colossians chapter 4. Live wisely among those who are not believers and make the most of every opportunity. Watch this. Let your conversation be gracious and attractive so that you will have the right response for everyone. And so it is our, our words, and our words are to be, as this says, gracious and attractive. I think our words should be respectful. How many of you know that we're living in a day of debate? We're living in a, in, a, in a day where things are polarized. And we need not be the people that are so angry. We understand grace. We understand truth. And when we share with other people, we can do it in a right way, in an articulate way. That's part of the training of church. And we could do it in a way that is gracious and attractive and respectful and with some clarity to the people around us. Please, Meadowbrook, say amen on that today. Amen. And then the other thing is our behavior. Our behavior. Behavior that is credible. Behavior that is consistent. We're not going to get it perfect, but we recover quickly. And, And it's not about perfection, and it's not about performance, but it's about living a life that reflects that God is at work in my life grace and peace. If you, if you present yourself to everybody around you as I never have a problem and I never mess up, that's unrealistic. And I'll tell you what, that's part of the fallacy of church that when I was a little kid, I remember seeing people that projected that. I remember seeing pastors that projected that, that they always got it right and they never had a problem. And that's unrealistic. And I thought, I can't do this. Then. I can't do this. If that's it, that you never get this wrong and everything goes your way, that's not reality. And the reality is we do fall down, but he helps us get back up. And we do get turned around, but he helps us get straightened back out. And for people to see that in your life, and when you go through tough things, for them to see you depend upon God. And watch, watch you have a peace that passes understanding. And watch God work on your behalf. And watch you keep your hope and keep your faith in the worst of times to keep it in our living God. I'm telling you what, that's a message that the world needs now. Look with me in Titus chapter 2. We're almost done. And you yourself, say that's me. Okay, let's try this again. What I'm going to do, I'm going to say, I'm going to read, and you yourself. And I'll say, and you say that's me. And then y'all will say that's me. Okay, so let's try that again. And you yourself, say that's me. There you go. Must be an example to them by doing good works of every kind. Let everything you do reflect the integrity and seriousness of your teaching. Watch this. Teach the truth so that your teaching can't be criticized. Then those who oppose us will be ashamed and have nothing bad to say about us. Watch it in the message paraphrase. But mostly show them all this. By doing it yourself, incorruptible in your teaching, your words solid and sane, I like that, 
than anyone who is dead set against us when he finds nothing weird or misguided might eventually come around. And it all has to do with how we carry ourselves, what we say, how we behave. This is such an important thing. That our, not just that our message is right, but how we live our life is right. And how we present the Jesus that we say is so important to us so that people can see Jesus in us and people can see Jesus through us. So we're going to explore a lot of things on this, but let me tell you what the world needs now. And they don't even know this. But what the world needs now, you ready? And let it begin with us. What the world needs now is church done right. Because church done right helps some people to move along and be more and more full of grace and truth. And that manifests itself in a, in, a, in a brand of people that are more and more happy and stable and fruitful and blessed. And they're representing and presenting Jesus to the world in a right way. Because what, what's at stake, what's at risk, is if we don't, if we don't represent him right, if we misrepresent him and his word, they might ignore or reject Jesus and his good news. And the greatest thing any of us could have is a relationship with Almighty God through Jesus. Jesus is the answer. What does the world need now? People need the Lord. People need the Lord because Jesus is the answer. Amen? Amen. Let it begin with us. You get anything at all out of this today. Amen. And we're going to continue on in the, in the weeks to come on this as well. Let me have every head bowed. And if you would, just hold your hands out in front of you, just as if to receive from the Lord this morning. Lord, we hear your word today. And Holy Spirit, I pray, speak to each person right now. Impress upon each one. And in the days to come, morning by morning, I pray, Lord, that you would work with us and help us. We don't ever want to misrepresent you. We never want to be a part of anything that would, would distract or, or in some way blur the, the clear vision of who you are, Jesus. Do a work in every one of us so that you can do a work through every one of us. And we just thank you for that now. God, help us to always seek you. Help it to be just the banner and the headline in our life. That, Lord, I need you, and you are my answer for everything. We trust you. We thank you. Work in us and work through us. In Jesus' name. Now, with heads still bowed and eyes closed, listen, if you've never opened your heart and received the Lord before, I'm going to tell you again, you need the Lord. You need the Lord. Jesus is the answer. And you need a relationship with God, a personal relationship with God through Jesus. You don't need religion. You need that relationship with God day by day, and he'll help you with it. And if you've never received the Lord, I want to lead you in a prayer in just a moment. Use that prayer to just invite him into your life. Jesus has done all the heavy lifting. He's made it easy for you to just open the door of your heart and receive him, begin in that relationship with him. Some of you this morning, maybe you say, I'm already a believer. I already have a relationship with the Lord, but I need to get some things right with the Lord. Let's use that prayer as well. And then for the rest of you, pray this prayer strong with us, with all of us today. 
as we pray this now, everybody together. Father God, I come to you now in Jesus' name. Jesus who loves me, gave himself for me. Lord, I love you. I give myself to you. I ask you right now, come into my heart. Come into my life. Be my Savior and be my Lord. And by the blood of Jesus, shed for me, forgive me right now of every sin. Cleanse me from all unrighteousness. Make me brand new. Set me free. Now fill me with your peace, with your joy, with the Holy Spirit, and with the assurance you'll never leave me. You'll never forsake me. And I thank you now in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. If you prayed that prayer, you meant that in your heart, it counts. Come on, let's thank God for that this morning, can we? Amen. Awesome. Now, real quick, and I'll just explain this to you today. This is Pastor Ryan. Pastor Ryan is our central campus pastor, and that makes sense to us when you understand we have an east campus now, and we have an east campus pastor who's Pastor Sean Forte. And what they do, they serve as kind of the host and guide for each of the services because they're watching us over at East Campus on video. So Pastor Sean's working on both ends of that. Pastor Ryan will be doing the same. He's not just the information guy, okay? This guy dearly loves Jesus. He dearly loves the people of this church, and he's just an all-star on our teams. And so he'll be coming after each service just real quick to share some important things with you. And if you would, just hang tight with him. He'll do it real quick, and it's real important things, as we said. And it just helps all the way around him hosting in that way, just as we'll be hosting on the East Campus as well. It's been a good morning. Hey, welcome, Pastor Ryan. Thank you. Hey, can we celebrate those who made that decision today to trust Jesus one more time? If that was you, we, want it, we are committed to helping you move from where you are to where God wants you to be. And so we need you to take just a moment. There's a green card located in the seat back in front of you. If you will take this and fill it out, and before you leave today, hand it to one of our ushers at the doors or at our guest services. This will allow us to connect with you and help you make those next steps. And then, like I said earlier, if this is your first time here today, there's a blue card. It's a connection card. Fill this out, and you can take it to one of our VIP areas located on the north or south entrance. We'll take that card, and in exchange, we'll give you a coupon for a free drink from our cafe. It's just a small way to say thank you so much for being with us today. If you are here and you need prayer for anything, we have gifted people here ready to pray with you right up here at the front. And then don't forget, this is a big church, and the only way you're ever going to get connected is to do life with other people through our small groups. So visit our small groups hub in the lobby. Find a group that's right for you and because we believe that we are better together. Amen? All right, have a great rest of your Sunday. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Meadowbrook Church. We hope you'll stay connected by following us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at NBC Ocala.